Hey everyone, and welcome to the weekly sermon podcast for the Wilmington Church of Christ. I hope this will inspire you and help you grow in your faith as we see God move through His Word. Please stay tuned after to hear more about how you can help partner with us. Enjoy the message. It is a privilege for me to introduce one of our uh, leaders in our church, Bob Williams, uh, who will be giving the sermon today. Bob is not on paid staff, but he feels like God, uh, sometimes leading him to preach and preach more often. And so he uh, is not scared of the process of preparing a sermon, uh, meeting with me frequently, and then uh, tweaking it, and then meeting before our elders uh, to pass their judgment, and then coming to bring it before the congregation. And I did find a prayer for us to pray uh, before we uh, hear this sermon that I'd like to pray over us. And then I'll uh, be asking you uh, at the end, of course, uh, what kind of word of encouragement you can give Bob. What uh, from the Word of God stuck out to you or caused a challenge for you today or uh, maybe even convicted you uh, today from the Word? So let me pray for us, and then Bob will bring us the message. Let's pray. Lord, we are now entering into your presence to hear you speak from heaven to us, to receive your reign and spiritual dew, which never return in vain, but ripen a harvest either of corn or weeds, of grace or judgment. Our hearts are prepared, O Lord. Our heart is prepared to learn and to love any of your words. Your law is our counselor. We will be ruled by it. It is our physician. We will be a patient under it. It is our schoolmaster. We will be obedient to it. But who are we? that we should promise any service to you? And who is your minister that he should do any good to us without your grace and heavenly call? Be therefore pleased to reveal your own spirit to us and to work in us that which you require. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Good morning, everyone. I'm very excited to be a part of worship here with you guys this morning. This is the second sermon I've ever delivered. The first one was last June. A few months later, I started to examine my prayer life. I began focusing on trying to pray more often and try to pray more like the way that Jesus teaches us to pray. One thing that helped me pray more often was I began to carry this little wooden cross in my pocket. Every time I would touch it, it would remind me to pray. And I would pray for whatever was going on around me. So if I was at home, I'd pray for my family. If I was with a friend, I'd pray for that friend. If I was alone, I'd pray for myself. If I was at work, I'd pray for my coworkers. If you're like me and you need a physical reminder, something that you can touch that will remind you to pray and help you establish better prayer habits, we have these crosses available at the Welcome Center in the atrium. I tried to learn how to pray more like how Jesus teaches us to pray. And I looked through Scripture to do that. I listened to several sermons. I wanted more material, so... I remembered that we have access to Right Now Media. If you're a member of this church, it's free. And I tried to get access to that. <laughs> so I contacted the church office. And uh, by the way, Right Now Media is an amazing resource. It's something that you should take advantage of, especially if you're a member. 
Like I said, it's free. You can contact the church office. They'll get you set up. It's loaded with sermons, devotionals. It's even got children's cartoons. It really helped me out, especially with preparing this sermon. So I was emailing Dale, trying to get access to it, and he asked me if I wanted to preach again in the coming year. I'd already talked to God about it, and I decided that I wasn't going to seek out the opportunity to preach, but if it was presented to me, I would take it. So Dale and I ended up meeting for lunch, and he asked me, is there anything on your heart that you feel like you should preach about or anything you think God might be calling you to preach about? And I immediately knew, I said, prayer. I feel like God wants me to deliver a message on prayer. I've been focusing on it for several months now. <laughs> Dale said that he'd already planned the first two months of the new year for a sermon series on prayer. I said, I think you'll fit right in. And with a smile, he said, I love the way that God works. I do feel like I have been led here today to share this message with you, to show you how Scripture spoke to me. In this particular section of Scripture, it'll be Matthew chapter 6 if you have your Bible and you want to turn there now. It really had a big impact on my prayer life. It's where we find what we call the Lord's Prayer. So I'll read along. I'll read if you want to follow along <clears throat> Matthew chapter 6 verse 7. And when you are praying, do not use meaningless repetition as the Gentiles do. For they suppose that they will be heard for their many words, so do not be like them. For your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Pray then in this way. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. But I really want to focus on that line in verse, t in verse 10. Your will be done. Because that, that was a line that I used to just say. Your will be done. And then I'd move on to the rest of the Lord's Prayer without giving it much thought. But when I studied this prayer, when I meditated on every verse of it, your will be done became the foundation of all of my prayers. And here's why. It's a simple concept. Three words. If you're a note taker, write this down. If not, remember it. The three words are, God knows best. It's simple, but it's critical to praying prayers that activate the power that God has given us access to. The power to influence the lives of, of our loved ones. God knows best. We can't see what he can see. We don't know what he knows. He knows best. His will should be the center of our every prayer. When we acknowledge God for who He is, when we understand that He has infinite wisdom and perspective, that He sees everything that's going on in our lives, the outcome of every situation, it should make us want to trust Him and hand, hand things over to Him. God, you've got this. I'm just going to seek your kingdom first, your righteousness. The rest will be given to me. Matthew 6.33 says so. I don't mean to say that you can't make your request known to God. You can still request things from God. You should. He cares about you. But there's a difference. 
I want to give you an example of how not to pray. You shouldn't say, Lord, I'm feeling really anxious about my finances and, and I just need you to give me more money so that that would fix things. That would be a poor example of a way to pray. How about this one? Lord, I'm feeling really nervous about going up on stage to declare your word. I'm afraid I might screw things up. And if you could just send somebody else up there, that would be easier. I wouldn't have to worry about offending you. You don't have to worry about me screwing it up. That, that would be a poor way to pray. Because those prayers are not seeking God's will. They're not trusting God. They're asking God to carry out your will. They're seeking the easy way out. But God knows that oftentimes what's easiest for us isn't what's best for us. Here's a better way to pray. God, I'm feeling really anxious about my finances. I'm in a spot right now and I don't know what to do. I just, I just ask that your will be done in my life and that I would carry out your will with my finances. In Jesus' name, amen. See, that's a better way to pray because that's a way of trusting God and, and inviting him to move in your life. And he knows what's best for your financial situation. And maybe that is a little boost in income and you can get things in order. But maybe it's not. Maybe you keep getting in these situations because you don't have good money management. And maybe God knows you need the wisdom to manage your money better. He'll give you wisdom instead. Maybe God misses you. He loves this relationship with you. Maybe because of your financial struggles, you're calling out to him every day. God, just get me through the day. Maybe he loves that. Maybe that is what's best for you right now, to lean on God. I don't know what's best for you. God knows. God knows best. I do know that he's going to help you with that situation. He's going to handle it better than how you or I could ever do on our own. <laughs> when we start praying in a way that seeks God's will above our own, two things are going to happen. Lives are going to be changed. That's the first thing. But also, lives are going to be saved. So how are lives going to be changed? Well, the first life that's going to be changed is yours, whoever's praying. Because when we pray earnestly for God's will, when we truly desire his will above our own, it changes the way we think about things. It changes our patterns of thinking. When we seek God's will above our own, it empowers us to carry out his will on earth as it is in heaven. It's going to change your life. And who else's life is it going to change? Well, the person you're praying for. Your loved ones. I want everybody to think right now. I want a name to come into your head. Who are you closest to? Who's the closest person to you? Because we all need prayer. That means we all need to pray for each other. So let's start with the person we're closest to. For me, that's easy. My wife. I love her so much, I'm closer to her than anybody. I'm so thankful that God has made her a part of my life. I don't know what I would do without her. And I pray for my wife 
every single day. When I pray for her, I thank God for her. I thank her. I thank God for blessing me with her, for making her a part of my life. I ask that God would give me what I need to be the husband that he wants me to be. Not the husband I think I should be, but, but whatever God wants. The husband he wants me to be. Because I don't know everything I need to do that. But he knows. I just ask that his will be done in her life. That she would grow closer and closer to him. I love my wife, but God loves her way more than I ever could. I do want what's best for my wife. God knows what's best for her. She needs more than I can see or understand. Lucky for me, God knows. I love my kids. I've got two boys, Liam and Milo. Liam's four years old, and Milo is one. I pray for my boys every day. They need my prayers. I'm thankful for them. When I pray, I thank God that he's made me their father and given me the privilege of being their father. I ask that his will be done in their life, that they would grow closer and closer to him to give me what I need, to show me what I need, to be the father he wants me to be. I don't know everything I need to do that, but God knows. Who needs your prayers? Whose life could you be changing if you were willing to get down on your knees and ask our loving Father for help to pray for them? When we pray, it changes lives. It affects lives. God's hands move in the lives of the people we pray for. Prayer also saves lives. I want to tell you a story about Liam and Milo. As I said, Liam is one year old. I mean, I'm sorry, Milo is one year old. And we all know that one-year-olds really like to put things in their mouth. Liam got a cash register set for Christmas. It's got this little plastic credit card. It's got paper money. And it's got these little plastic coins. And I think Milo thinks these coins look tasty because he always puts them in his mouth. Another thing about Milo, he's much sneakier than his older brother. He knows exactly when mom and dad aren't looking. He knows that if we are looking, we're going to take that coin before he puts it in his mouth. So he waits for us to not look, and he puts it in his mouth. Now Liam can't do anything about it. So Milo doesn't pay attention to Liam. He can't take the coin from him. But Liam pays attention to Milo. And when he sees Milo put that coin in his mouth, he says, Dad, Milo's got something in, in his mouth. He sees that his brother is in danger. And he calls out to somebody who can do something about it. Aren't we kind of like Milo? Milo just can't understand. He can't even see the harm that his actions might be causing. That that action could lead to death. Well, our sins could lead to death. Sometimes we can't see the corruption that they're bringing about in our life. 
Sometimes we're like Milo. We need a brother or sister to call out to somebody for help on our behalf. To call out to God, our Father who loves us, to call out to Him to save us. That's what the church should be doing. That's why Jesus came. He came to save our lives. <coughs> Anything that you work toward in this life will eventually fade away. Anything that you want or desire or you build, it'll all crumble and not even a memory will be left of it. But when you work toward God's will, the salvation of everyone, when you work toward that, you're working towards something everlasting, something that really matters, something that makes a difference. It's a cause that is so worthy that Jesus laid down his life for it. Let's think about what Jesus set aside to carry out God's will. Colossians chapter 1 verse 15 tells us, that Jesus is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created, both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together the majesty of Jesus, the glory. He stepped down from that glory. He took on a body of flesh. He became a man and he lived this sinless life. He taught us the truth about how much God loves us, about how God desires us and wants to save us. And then he paid for that salvation with his blood. You know what Jesus went through before he was crucified? Matthew 26, 67 says that they spat on his face and beat him with their fists. Others slapped him and said, prophesy to us, you Christ, who is the one who hit you? They mocked and humiliated Jesus. Uh, chapter 27, verse 28 says that they stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him. After twisting together a crown of thorns, they put it on his head and a reed in his right hand. They knelt down before him and mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. They spat on him and they took the reed and began to beat him on the head with it. And after they had mocked him, they took the scarlet robe off of him and put his own garments back on him. Then they led him away to crucify him. I want everybody to close their eyes for a minute. And let's imagine something. something. Imagine that somebody is hammering nails through each one of your hands. Now imagine that you're being lifted up and all of your weight is hanging from those two nails. And you're bleeding. The blood's dripping down your wrists. And, and you're, 
You're lifted up into the hot sun and left for hours, growing thirstier and thirstier. But, you, but knowing that you're not going to get a drink, you are going to die. You can open your eyes. It's hard for us to even imagine the suffering that Jesus went through, the price that he paid, what he came from to accomplish God's will, and what he went through to accomplish God's will. God's will is that every single one of us be saved. Second Peter 3.9 says, The Lord does not wish for any to perish but for all to come to repentance. That's what God wants. He wants us all to be saved, everyone. And when Jesus got out of the tomb three days later, he went to heaven to prepare a place for me and a place for you. He paid the penalty. He laid down his life so that we could have ours. He sent the Holy Spirit to dwell in the hearts of the redeemed. The same power that rose Jesus from the grave lives inside of us. We can access that power through our prayers. Our prayers can be powerful and effective. We pray in the name of the risen Christ. Let it be in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. Jesus went through so much for me, and he went through so much for you. How would we show him that that matters? How would we show him that that means something to us? We need to give him our lives back. And he doesn't want part of your life. Jesus wants all of your life. He doesn't want part of you. He wants all of you. Every day you need to be putting your passions and desires to death. We don't have to hang on a cross. We need to lay down our lives by putting our passions and desires to death every day. And we take up his passion, his desire to save us all. That's how we show him what he did for us matters. That's how we give our lives back to Jesus. Our prayer has the power to save lives if we're willing to pray for God's will. So let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your will. We just ask that it be done on this earth the way it is in heaven. And your will gives us life. May we use that life to carry out your will here. To take your word to the lost. Father, keep us from the schemes of the devil. Keep us from temptation. Protect us. And thank you so much that we can be part of your glorious work. The work that you've done to save us. It's in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. That's the message that we need to take. We need to to deliver to the world the message that Jesus has died for us. He died for me. He died for you. He loves us. God wants relationship with us. God desires 
relationship with us. That's our task, to take that message to everyone. Every Sunday when we meet, we have a time where we remember what Jesus has done for us. We pass around bread that represents Jesus' body being torn apart and broken for us. And we remember that we are washed by his blood. The precious blood of Jesus paid the price for our sins. When you take communion, examine your heart. Remember that you're saved because God wants you. Because of the work Christ has done. God wanted it so much he was willing to pay for it with the precious blood of Jesus. Allow me to pray for our communion. Father, you, we thank you so much for this time of remembering. Remembering what you've done for us. We ask that you would change our hearts, Lord. that you would be with us and empower us to carry out your will and to focus on and remember and, and to desire your will, Lord, in all things, knowing that it was your will because of your great love for us, that it was your will that we would be saved. And thank you for sending Jesus to do that for us. Thank you that Jesus did carry out your will, that he paid the price for us. It's in his name that we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. If this ministry has impacted you, I ask that you would pray and consider partnering with us financially so that we could continue to minister here in our community and beyond. Visit us online at wcconline.org backslash donate to find out how you can be a part of what God is doing here. Thank you again for joining us, and I hope to see you back here next time.